Hello, my name is Varun Painter, and you are listening to another episode of Talk the Talk. I am joined by the evergreen veteran of the automotive industry, Shumi San. Shumi, welcome to the show once again. I like how he calls me old every single time I come to the podcast. <laughs> evergreen, saying evergreen veteran. I'm younger than you, okay? In spirit, <laughs> give in, give in, give in. All right. If you're listening to this for the very first time, we are there on Savan, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and uh, most recently we have joined Spotify India. We're there by the name Talk the Talk. So if you happen to snoop around, please do subscribe to that particular medium. And also, if you like our content. Please let us know by writing in the comment section and what you want to hear next. Uh, is there something that you want uh, me and Shumi to talk about? Do you want another guest on the show? Let us know in the comment section. All right, Shumi, you have moved to Pune recently. In fact, we are in your new house, new, yeah. new house in <laughs> Pune. How's Pune treating you? Uh, I haven't actually seen any of Pune. Uh, Power Drift has been keeping me quite busy, so I do. Uh, I, initially, I was doing my friend's house to office. Then I was doing hotels to office. Now I'm doing my house to office. I actually haven't seen anything of the city. Uh, I think the only time I went into the city was to get the Ducati's coolant topped up, and that was in. I would like to say freaking Vagholi. <laughs> Obviously, the word I mean is not freaking yeah. because it's like like the other end of town, and it cost me more in the two Ubers I took to go get the bike, etc., than the coolant itself. And yeah, yeah that. It's not happening. Yeah. But that aside, yeah, it, it's a nice, pleasant place. Yeah. Uh, I think I prefer the pace of Bombay, mm. but I'm very happy to say Padre runs much harder than both Pune and Bombay, so I'm good. Yeah. So monsoons kind of kicking in. It's been about two, three days since we have like yeah. uh, those early monsoon showers. Monsoon in Pune does get quite hectic as as July comes close, and you know you'll see a lot of flooding everywhere. Not as bad as Mumbai, but uh, yeah, people get stuck in traffic, and you know there's quite a bit of flooding everywhere. Which brings us to our topic for the day. Uh, we're going to talk about monsoon. What and since Shumi and I, uh, we relate very closely to motorcycles. We're going to talk about how to take care of certain things, how to ride, what equipment should you be putting on your motorcycle, stuff like that. How do you want to start this? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say use the reins. Uh, go for a ride. Ride your motorcycles as much as you can. Yeah. You learn more every three months of reins than the whole year of riding. Yeah. This is not a time to park the bike. This is a time to use it and learn from it. Yeah, because a lot of people actually take a break. I mean, there are people all across the nation. Who kind of have their bikes parked in a garage, covered, battery connections off, and they'll remove it only after the rains get over. What's up with that? They're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, um, uh, I remember coming into Bombay and I heard about these grey market bikes, and we started riding them and realizing that in the rains you couldn't get access to any of them. And the reason is because they were like really packed up and put yep. away for the rains. And to me, it strikes me as wrong. There's one exception. There is a guy called Adil, uh, Adil Khan, who gave me his bikes to ride mm. in the middle of the rain. GSXR 1000 uh, on all of that. Carter Road, yeah. And he showed up in the middle of the rain, and he's like, "Yeah, here's the bike. I live two doors, two streets down. Just." come and give me the bike when you're mm. done and I'm like okay yeah. we rode the bike in the wet and I later I said I'm sorry it's dirty now and all of that he says dirty it's not a flowers man it's a motorcycle it'll yeah. get dirty and yeah. that's precisely the point you want to ride your bike in every available situation that's how yeah. I approach it when you ride it in rain when it's slightly slippery you do get to learn about smoothness about anticipation there are so many skills that we use Yep. But in the rain, their usage is higher. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the the criticality of it being correctly used is much more important. And you learn so much. I've always thought that in September is perhaps when I'm riding the smoothest. Mm. Because I've just spent three months of time learning to anticipate, to open the throttle more carefully, to use the brakes with more uh, uh, effort and thinking. And it completely changes the way I ride the motorcycle and I get worse through the year and I probably ride the worst in May just before the rains come. Yeah. Have you ever had your school 
taken place yeah, 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 in, very in much. a rainy season. Very much. We've done two or three schools where it rained in the middle. And yeah, obviously the students first, they think like, oh, school's out, right? Mm. Because it's raining. And then they'll be like, what do you mean you still have school? We still have school. Uh, the skills that you use on a motorcycle don't change because it's wet. How the motorcycle delivers traction changes once it's wet. And it's a very interesting thing because there are a few tentative laps for everybody first. Right. And then they get used to the idea, which is dry to wet if the track is clean. The delta is not all that much and right. you can still do 90% of what you were doing anyway, especially Absolutely. in the school environment, yep. right? It, they've been some of the most intense schools we've done. We have so much fun out in the wet, apart from the fact that your leathers get a little, and that's okay, Moist, man. That's yeah. completely okay. Yeah, I think you can live with that. Yeah. But I think uh, the one thing that really stands out for me when people are about to ride in the rain is fear. That fear of one thing majorly is falling down. Uh, how can we prevent that from happening, especially when we talk about the motorcycle, not the rider. Let's understand one essential thing about motorcycles, okay? Uh, when I started buying my own motorcycles at first, when my RDs were there, I was like, I don't want to give these to anyone, right? They won't take care of my bike. But then I met Joshua Krasto and Anand Dharmaraj, who, to me, they are my idols in the motorcycle world in the real... I mean, Valentino Rossi is my idol too, but hmm. that's a whole different yeah. <laughs> scale, right? And both Anand and Josh say the same thing, which is it's okay for motorcycles to fall and break yeah. because you can fix it. Okay. No matter how bad the brake is, you'll eventually be able to fix it. Uh, human beings heal, maybe not as well as motorcycles, because if you break a frame in half, in theory, there is a way around that too. Yep. So to me, first thing I would like motorcyclists to do is get over the idea that the motorcycle shouldn't fall. Hmm. They will fall. Hmm. You will fall with them. You will heal and they will be fixed. It's hmm. completely okay. It's part of how you own motorcycles. Can I afford to drop both my Ducati and the Aprilia together? No. <laughs> But yeah. if I drop the Ducati and the Aprilia within a week of each other, it just means that the repairs will happen over a longer period of time, time because yep. the money required to fix them is more. But if you have a KTM 390 Duke, you really have no excuse. A swing arm is 6,000 bucks. I mean, what the yeah. hell are you complaining yeah. about? I was I was uh, chatting with one, one, there was some group chat going on and uh, some some friend says, comes up with this thing, you know, my, my mirror is broken. How much, how much, uh, it's, it's a hero motorcycle if I'm not wrong. And the guy says 180. And then there's this KTM, KTM guy who comes in and says, how much does your mirror cost? And he says 110, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Is that the correct way? Yeah. So that, that's the thing about motorcycles. At the end of the day, not many of them are very expensive to fix. Like, okay, I can understand if your motorcycle is an import, then yeah. obviously the parts have to come from somewhere else. And there yep. is a cost for the shipping of it, for the customs of it and all of those kind of things. And even then, at the end of the day, it's fixable. Right. So what are you worried about? Yeah. Another fear that people have is uh, dirt and muck and all of that getting stuck in your engine. Uh, is there a way to solve it? I'm sure washing is the way, but does washing completely resolve of uh, all that, that there is? No, actually, there's a simpler way. You go to the supermarket and buy Glad brand cling film. Okay. And then you wrap your engine hmm. and then you ride the hell out of it. The plastic will melt and plug all the gaps. <laughs> and after that, it's, right. no man, engines are waterproof. There's nothing to worry about. Muck cannot go into an engine unless you have an actual mechanical problem. So go ride your bikes and get them filthy. It's completely I mean, okay. I mean I'm, I've heard this from a lot of fully fed motorcycle owners that they, they have a lot of dirt collecting in the fairing. And, yes. But I think that can be solved through washing. Just wash them. Yep. I think washing is... One of the simplest and safest ways. Instead of waking up at uh, 2 p.m. on a Sunday, wake up at 11 and go spend two hours with your bike. You learn yeah. 10,000 things, just wash yeah. them out. Yeah, I, I uh, talking about spending time with the motorcycle. Um, after a very long time, I took uh, a 
wax box and I took a polish box and I went down and spent good couple of hours on the motorcycle and yeah. that's when I realized I I I love this motorcycle so much. Yeah, and I I'll tell you this uh I've been riding professionally for what 19 years. Yeah. I've had a motorcycle that I call my own in my garage since the KTM 200 came out. That was her Ferrari so I'm saying the last 6 or 7 odd years. Yeah. I don't think I've ever prepped for the monsoon. Yeah. Because my bikes bikes are always on the road and they're always being used which means they are in the shape to run. I do take care of them. Yeah. Most Sundays are spent with them ensuring the chain has lube and whatever. And that's enough. I haven't actually done any coatings or anything ever. Yeah. 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 So to me the monsoon is fine and you know that the manufacturers test them test the, the leak test right where uh, it's effectively like a corridor and the shower heads are placed on the walls horizontally on the roof vertically and from below yeah. so the bike actually receives water from every possible yep. direction and it must clear the test without any electrical or other glitches right so the motorcycle is ready for this nonsense yeah you just have to get over the hump and just like do it I because mean, because my hump do it no i mean yeah. the motorcycle <laughs> get over the idea that there's a problem and just go ride your bike nothing is going to happen yeah because my next question or my next topic of discussion was going to be how do you prep your motorcycle but i i think in fair words you've said it you don't basically don't do you don't have to do anything that you don't normally do anyway i mean you'd normally going to go check your engine level yeah. engine oil level yeah. you have to do that yeah. and that has nothing to do with the monsoon yeah. i remember i remember dad used to put this thing called anti rust yeah so <laughs> uh, you have to remember that uh, the enfields the cbz these are from my experience Lord, yeah. they do pick up spot rust in the rains uh, it's not it doesn't really go in if you take care of it but it is there and there was a time when metallurgy was at that level and you had to do something to do it yep. today 99% of the bikes you're riding are riding are on alloy wheels if right. the paint isn't chipped it's not going to corrode right some of the engines come uncoated yep. if they are uncoated you need to take care of the aluminum if they are painted engines like most of the ktms are again no crisis and at all no so in terms of prepping for the monsoon you need to ensure the chain which yeah. is out there receiving a lot of grime is yeah. cleaned more regularly than the dry season cuz yeah. cuz i remember uh, i remember this list that my dad used to prepare uh before every monsoon he used to go get the anti rust done yeah. used to have like a bigger mud flap at the rear yeah. a big mud flap where the uh, yeah. bike guard is and a nice little cover for the handlebar and a separate cover for the seat yeah so it used to be perfectly but anyway it doesn't matter because you're no. still going to get wet the bike still going to take a be- some kind of beating it's not really a beating it gets dirty and it's yeah, your dirty. job to clean it right yep. so to, i i would say uh, i discovered as i started doing longer tours that double chain lube helps okay mm-hmm. by double i mean if you use any reasonable chain lube and you coat it over with something thicker like mm. a gel uh, i use what jc moto sells as dino lube JC Moto by the way stands for J- Joshua Crasto's organization. So you want to give a shout out to Joshua? Hey Joshua always a shout out all the best. I I know he's on a new venture right now. All the best for that. Yeah. But uh, basically uh, Scheffler which is a German company I think yeah. they sell a very heavy duty chain lube which I think is originally intended for conveyor belt chains. Wow. Okay. What they discovered is that it actually works quite well on motorcycle, motorcycle chains as well. So they actually have 200 uh, liter drums so there's yep. no way to get a small package so jc moto packages it and sells it in small uh, i think it's like 160 i don't know the price actually so you coat the lubed chain over with that and it sort of closes Close the it. chain off ah. so when you it is quite hard to take off right but when you take off you discover a completely clean chain inside oh. so you just make sure that you lube your chain more often in the monsoon and it's practically the only thing i would say you need to do to prep it that aside you're doing all the regular things checking air pressures checking your engine levels are fine right. uh, you'll have to get your air filters clean before and after these are just normal things there's no real prep required for the monsoon right what do you think about tires how important are tires when we talk about monsoon riding i would say the best time to replace the tire is right now just before the rains hit so that you have the deepest tread depth available to you 
right. through the reins that's what the tread does and i think understanding treads is very important for people who are, who are unknown to this because treads clear water treads clear dirt and water both yep. so in a, a more off road oriented tread for example the old enfield the squarish tires that they yeah, used yeah, to yeah, use yeah, yeah. they were very good at clearing dirt and and water uh-huh. uh, today you have performance tires which are specialists at clearing water you want to do that replacement before the rain happens so that you get the maximum possible bang for your buck yeah okay once the tire starts to wear out and mm-hmm. you can see the wear bars okay mm-hmm. in the middle of the tread you'll see a slightly raised piece of rubber right. when that arrives at the top that's your tire getting completely worn out you need to replace it april may i think is the best time in the year to replace a tire because the benefit of it is at the maximum right all right so when we talk about rider input throughout the year there's a certain throttle hand uh, that we have and there's a certain uh, brake feel that we use for the rest of the year it has to cut down during monsoons right you i i think the i would say focus on your brain as usual more than your hands and feet for okay. the reins uh what happens is when you have lower traction you need more space to do the same thing yep. and what can we do with motorcycles we say this at school uh you can change speed and you can change direction mm-hmm. you have to remember that t- changing speed and direction both take more time in the rain and therefore they take more space in the rain right so i don't really care how you brake yeah. what you need to be realizing is that i cannot brake in say 80 feet anymore now i need 120 feet to achieve the same braking maneuver yep, yep. which means your brain and your eyes need to be further ahead of the motorcycle than usual so you need to look further down traffic your sense of what is about to happen in front of you is and has to be more accurate mm-hmm. and earlier and therefore you can already start reacting before the situation comes to a place where you have to do emergency braking right. if it works it works really well because i can't remember the last time i had to make an emergency stop in the wet you don't remember that i don't remember it because I, in the rains i am at double caution yeah, right? yeah so yeah. i am looking even further ahead yeah. and saying oh that truck is about to pull into the top lane because there's an auto rickshaw in the outer lane yeah. and that will cause this kind of movement in the traffic yeah. so i'd better close the you throttle right yourself. here yeah you're thinking 30 40 50 feet ahead in the rain than right. you might normally do and that's right. enough obviously because there is not that much traction mm-hmm. you can't use the brakes that hard mm-hmm. you can actually use the brakes hard but you can't come on the brakes as quickly as you can in the dry right. uh, you can't turn as fast so we we practice the quick turn in the school right? right and that means you slam the motorcycle from vertical to full lean as fast as humanly possible ah yep that's a skill yep. can you turn that fast in the rain yes but it takes a lot of feel and feedback before you can achieve yeah. it so you have to for average rider yeah. you would say i need more time to get the motorcycle to change direction mm-hmm. so your turns will take longer to make and you'll run wider Oh, on the same yeah, trajectory yeah. so all of these small anticipatory calculations need to be plugged into yeah. the wet riding yeah. it has nothing to do with how you use your hands and feet it's yeah. how you use your brains and eyes yeah so that's that's the motorcycle but let's talk about rider then let's talk about the rider and let's specially talk about gear is there a separate set of gear that you have because i definitely do yeah uh, waterproof so, i think being the core yeah, yeah. core so concept. i would say first let's understand that human skin is waterproof yep Okay so if you get wet you're not going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah you're not going to melt away mm. and you know some weird half melted boy is not <laughs> yeah. going to or girl is not going to reach home where mummy saying what the hell have you done to yourself yeah. okay it's not going to happen. Second we hear a lot of stuff about rains which comes from Europe but you have to remember in Europe it rains in the cold. Yeah yeah. yeah so if you're cold and it's 2 degrees outside you are obviously in trouble and this will happen to you in Ladakh maybe. Yeah. But when you're riding in Bombay in Pune in Kerala Karnataka we are So it's summer rain yeah. you get wet nothing is going to happen yeah. to you yep. right so first of all get over the fear of getting wet you get wet every morning when you go for a bath yeah. just because you choose it you're not afraid of it <laughs> because the rain happens to you when you're yeah, not prepared yeah, yeah, for yeah. it you're scared of it it's just idiotic it's right it's amazing how the human brain works yeah so yeah. i would say first get over the idea that getting wet is a problem getting yep. wet is a situation yep. and like all situations you have to figure out a solution right. now 
the way to get past it is to have waterproofs you have to remember that the waterproofing is a spectrum okay mm-hmm. sachin chavan from royal enfield actually put it most accurately he says everything is waterproof it's a matter of how much time it is waterproof for yeah cotton is waterproof for 3 seconds okay yeah, yeah. Uh, duck back is waterproof forever hmm. but you don't really sweat in cotton you're going to sweat the crap uh, yeah, out of yeah. yourself in duck back yeah. and if you wear a duck back kind of heavy rubber raincoat it doesn't matter if you're wearing it or not because you're so wet inside it right. doesn't matter if it's raining outside or ah, not okay yeah so it's a spectrum yeah. uh, i find gore-tex and other breathable liners to be a good solution right okay uh, so i do use separate gear for rains but i would say gloves are the important part with i do make a distinction mm-hmm. don't like my leather gloves getting wet i don't mm-hmm. like black hands when i show up at work so uh, last year uh, no not la- yeah last year in canada i found a glove called the bmw gs dry okay they are are they proprietary bmw these are but i'll come, come to why they're important because they have something called gore grip okay gore grip gore grip go grip okay. So, okay so what go grip does is they take the gore-tex liner and they stick it to the outer shell of the glove so it's not like a waterproof glove where the liner comes out with your hand when it's wet Oh the liner stays inside and okay. because the liner stuck your feel doesn't change significantly so it's a really thin glove so okay. even the insulated versions are quite thin so okay. you can actually get quite a lot of feel from the motorcycle and it's gore-tex so it it's waterproof yeah. so i found that to be an excellent solution and i know other brands like alpenstars and all also have gore grip gloves it's still an expensive technology compared to other liners okay. but to me it's worth investing in because these will this will be i think my third season with these gs dry gloves i still haven't had a drop of water inside nothing at nothing all nothing at all and they and keep I'd, you warm yeah they they're not too warm so i'm okay with that okay. and you can put your hand all the way in wet yeah. bring it out and have nothing pull out of the right. glove so it's right. super convenient that way that's solution a boots i use the daytoners motopoto store sent it to us quite okay. a while ago their gore-tex and everything yeah. my feet don't sweat so i can actually use them all year round and i do yeah. you've yeah. seen them in the yeah, office yeah, constantly yeah, yeah. all the time uh, so to me that those two and my dynasty gear has gore-tex liners to me is enough waterproofing yeah, yeah. the simpler solution perhaps is to go to decathlon and buy a pair of cheap uh, overalls, overalls yeah. and i would say if you buying overalls don't spend too much money hmm. in my experience they last about a season season and a half so to me better to spend on a cheap waterproof use it for a year tear the crap out of it throw and it away and get a new one the next year yeah. then to buy something really expensive and feature loaded and realize that two years later it's in tatters right. and you're going to have to spend more money on it right because a lot of uh, a lot of these companies who have jackets they have three in one jackets yeah so the outer outer will be a non breathable uh, uh, mesh no not mesh a non breathable textile textile mm. uh, and you have a thermal liner and a rain liner yeah. so what i usually do is i'll remove the thermal liner Correct. and I'll only wear the ra- rain liner on yeah. top of that yeah. so it just keeps me yeah breathing. so just remember one thing breathable in india is not good enough yeah. breathable is good when it's 19 degrees outside 16 right, degrees right. outside but when it's 40 degrees outside breathable is not no good chance. enough so you're going to have to end up at mesh uh, if you buy a low profile mesh jacket yeah. so do you, you think it's advisable to have a mesh jacket with a rain liner inside yeah yeah i've done it oh okay yeah 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 so the i have two dynasty jackets right i have the big touring jacket which i love for tours but yeah. it's too heavy to wear every day yeah. and i have the mesh jacket which i use every day yep. i'll simply take that gore-tex liner from the touring jacket wear it inside and That's put the it. mesh jacket on top and right yeah and if it's a really short ride yeah so i don't i'm not going to be too wet yeah. or it's a really long ride where i know there's be like constant spells of rain yeah. i may not use the gore-tex i might use one of the pullovers from decathlon on top so that i'm more waterproof for a much longer time right uh, akshay and i we rode down to uh coimbatore yeah uh two from three mumbai. years ago from bombay uh. nine hours of rain yeah wow we were doing like a hundred and constant constant mm. nine hours of steady rain and we were like on the bikes 110 through the rain no lack 
lack of grip no sense of oh Nothing. shit what's going to happen yeah, yeah. it's a light traffic road from yeah. here to bangalore anyway yeah. and uh, the decathlon liners work just fine we had a third colleague with us whose jacket was flapping a bit mm. and by the end the flapping tore his jacket apart so you do want fitted gear <laughs> yeah, yeah? yeah because the more it flaps the more stress on the seams on the, you yep. might split something yep. so you want a tightly fitted but no lack of mobility yeah. again remember you're not doing gymnastics you're on a motorcycle so amount of mobility you need is not all that much yeah yeah you don't need to have wear your railliner and raise your hands above your ha- head you right. don't do that on a motorcycle right. Right. but you need to be able to sit in that crouch flap your elbows around comfortably, comfortably. if that much mobility is there you're good you don't want it to flap yeah. and you buy cheap yeah and the same solution applies to pants as well you can buy same. a mesh pant and buy a rain liner from the inside exactly yeah. again remember you're upsizing whatever you're wearing yeah. because on a t-shirt if you wear an l yeah. if you're wearing motorcycle pants with armor you might need a x or a double oh, xl yes, absolutely yeah? so you'll buy an upsized liner you also want extraordinarily le- long legs yeah. because once you bend and sit on a motorcycle the Before liner li- uh, rides up yep. if i always wear knee high boots so i'm not worried but if you're normally wearing shorties then obviously if you expose that much space then there's water going into your boot from there has there ever been a situation where you got stuck in terrible terrible rain and you still got wet from the inside yeah 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 again you have to get over the idea that this is a problem yeah see we i remember on the first but one, even situations like leladak and yeah 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 so that's what was coming yeah, to the yeah. first himalayan odyssey ever yeah. uh, it was a very bad run back into uh, manali because uh-huh. it was bad weather all the way we left lay in the rain came to tanglangla nobody's coming down the pass we did all the waiting and all that until yeah. somebody came and then when we left by that time i had already torn my rain pants wow. and i it was being held up by duct tape okay okay and obviously i had overcompensated and i had lots of gear but by that time many people had also borrowed my gear so yeah. i was in these uh-huh. old tatty rain pants with the uh, thing when we got to the top of tanglangla it was a white out it was wow. moisture in the air black ice on the ground it was nonsense more plain was completely dry yeah. were you there for the um, himalayan ride as well No I uh, yeah I was there in Shimla also yeah. but the Shimla gear was waterproof gear uh, in a situation where it worked yeah. you'd come to Bombay and realize that the uh, what they call Dar- the darcha doesn't yeah. actually work in okay. our heat because the vents are too small yep. but up there it was perfect nobody yeah. got really soaked at yeah. all but on Tanglangla top we were wet yeah. but then you're calculating saying okay it's very cold i am a little bit wet but i'm about to get out of this because i'm already halfway up the mountain right all i have to do is descend into moreplain it'll be much warmer right you're okay yeah and if it's not okay moreplain has dhabas with fires which means you can oh. always warm yourself so you're calculating that even in adverse situations yeah. but in bombay pune or city riding what adverse situation yeah. yes nothing yeah stop at a jumbo vada pawn have yeah. a vada pawn call yeah. it good yeah yeah but uh, there's never been a situation because I I remember being stuck in the snow. I was on a I was on that route where there was there was just a lot of snow. I think route number 2 Narkanda and uh, me and uh, one of the Royal Enfield riders we got stuck. And that is that is where I had this thought I'm not going to make it because my hands were cold. I couldn't feel my fingers. I couldn't feel my toes because I'd got gotten the wrong gear thinking that there would be no snow, no mm. rain, no nothing. It'll just be cold and I'll be fine. I think that's the biggest mistake I did. I was not prepared. Yeah. So I would say respect the mountains, okay? Yep. I'm not a very religious person outside of motorcycling, but yep. when I go to lay, it's like I have a connection with the mountains yep. and I have to be very very respectful of that environment. Yep. So I will always overcompensate on the gear. I will always have too much warm stuff. Yep. I will always have too much waterproofing. I will always have backup for everything. Yeah. Uh, for example, no matter how luxurious the trip is, yeah. I will always have a sleeping bag. Yeah. You know, being prepared is a state of mind. Okay? Yeah. So I am prepared to get wet is also preparation. Okay? Yeah. So it starts in mid May uh, whatever, mid June. Yep. I am prepared to get wet now. Yeah. And if it's okay, it's okay if I show up wet. How do you prepare for it? I will I've had for years together changes of clothes that arrive in June at the office really? and are taken home for a wash in September. 
Wow. Whether you use it or not. Okay. This is because if I show up completely soaked, yeah. there's a towel, there's yeah. a pair of chaddis, there's a Ready. vest, there's a t-shirt and there's a pair of pants, there's socks and there might be chappals or shoes or something wow. in there. This kit is always in the office. If I use it, I will replenish it so that I ensure oh, that if I show up at work fully soaked, yeah. I still can get my work done and go home dry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. You have to get over the idea of pulling on wet pants. Yeah. You're going to have to do it. Yeah, you don't have to do it. You yeah. can hate it or yeah. you can say, hey, this is part of what is going to happen today. I'm going to have to wear wet pants. Right. And then you'll get on with your life. It's a state of mind. You have to say it's okay. Yeah. People yeah. have worn wet pants and survived before. Right. Why would it be a problem for you? Are you weaker than them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so... Yeah prepare and go out and ride and enjoy the season i mean we are lucky enough to be able to enjoy riding in the rain Absolutely. all of europe there are riders who will tell you rain rides are super intense they are super super fun yes they are but can they do it when it's four degrees outside no it's no, not i rode a fire blade in paris it was three degrees outside and it was raining it was wet i loved the fire blade because it didn't affect me <laughs> because i was yeah. mentally prepared for that state but if i had to do that every day as a commute yeah. i would do a lot more prep because it is hard work to ride in that kind of cold when you're wet yeah which brings me to the most important thing thing is the helmet and more importantly the visor uh, it's uh, helmets usually come with two visors one a dark visor or a tinted visor and a clear visor it's extremely advisable to switch to a clear visor when yeah, it's raining i would say for the rain stick to the clear visor uh, sometimes when it's just heavy overcast it's mm -hmm. not even raining the dark visor will just take away enough visibility from you for your anticipation and all right. of that to become a more of a challenge our roads do get worse mm -hmm. uh, and the road contractors that are municipal governments use are just useless jackasses mm -hmm. by and large and uh, i think they need to be shot but <laughs> yeah. more importantly you need to be able to see the obstacles you're about to hit yeah. and for that a clear visor for the rains is advisable yeah. also reduces your cargo load because in the summer i will carry two visors everywhere but in the rains you're already carrying extra what do you do when it gets wet do you wipe it off with your glove I tend to ignore it until it really gets in my way. Yeah, because, because I think there was some kind of innovation that came up. You had this rubber strip yeah, on yeah, your yeah. index finger. Yeah. Use like it, a wipe. It's actually yeah. a good one, right? It, it actually works really well. I've yeah. used them. But in my experience, uh, I, I've seen you clean visors in the middle of your shoots yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I'm not that concerned about my visors. Yeah. I'm concerned about my visibility. Yeah. As long as my visibility is not affected, I don't really don't want to mess with it. Yeah. Once it is affected, then I want to stop and wash it and clean it and then start again. Yeah. I remember there was this one ride we did uh, with uh, Overdrive colleagues to a place called Mal just yeah. outside Bombay and Murbad which is a town on the way is just trucks and industrial traffic right uh -huh. we came out the other side and we we're like wow Maharashtra usually turns like fluorescent green in the rains and it's yeah. all brown what the yeah. hell happened yeah. then we opened our visors oh it was so brown <laughs> that, outside yeah, yeah. that everything looked brown so wow. we all stopped and we all washed our visors and after that we enjoyed Maharashtra's splendor colors of the rains again yeah. but until then it was like okay wow this is a really filthy part of town but it wasn't yeah. so I will clean my visors but I will let it affect my visibility to the point where I say, okay, now I need to clean it rather than keep messing with it, keep messing with it. Because on the roadside, when you use water and stuff to clean your visors, you're also, chances are you're leaving scratches behind. And yep. I would just rather not do too much of that. And especially for brands like HJC, RI and all, all, all the big brands like Shoei, visors are expensive. Yeah, and they're also harder to scratch. So, yep. I mean, it's a it's a trade-off. Yeah. I mean, I would say your cheaper helmets from the stud steelbird end to almost the LS2 uh, MT lines, yeah. uh, the visors scratch much easier than the yep. Arai Shoei JC visors. Yeah. So in theory, they probably need to clean their visors a little bit more. But if they do, they're probably going to scratch it more. So it's a trade-off. Right. But they can replace their visors easily. Yeah. And again, if you're going to do a biannual replacement, every two years you want to replace visors, just before the rains is another good time to do that. Yeah. Has there been any incident where... Uh 
where you had to encounter like a big pothole you had to go in that pothole or maybe like a big mm. oil spill or something and managed to come out of it yes yeah, the oil spill happened uh, wasn't in the rains but i and i think it's difficult to spot an oil spill in the rain or is it not it is uh, it can be difficult because everything looks the same in terms of being wet yes. you're looking for that rainbow color that gives away yes. oil right uh, what happened to me was came around this stretch lots of people waving and all that and when you're on a large motorcycle people wave <laughs> so i thought oh i'm a star she was also waving yeah, yeah so i'm like oh i'm a star and then they were trying to tell me that just around the bend was an oil spill oh damn so i which bike was this uh, it was something big i think a triumph of some sort ah, maybe okay. the my street triple but i'm not sure Achha. so i come around the bend and i see bikes on the ground 1 2 3 4 5 6 i say oh there's oil here and by that time i'm on the oil oh so then the the thing about the race track is it just sort of calms you down in terms yeah. of your reaction so you don't really go into panic very easily ah. so basically i was going to tell you everything kicks in yeah so you're like steady throttle no brakes no yeah. direction changes just go through coast it so i was like the first bike to go through the oil spill without anything happening yeah. and uh, people are like wow and mom I, I, <laughs> i guess so because i came out the other side and very carefully built up speed to dry my to clean my tires out as it and then carried on to work saying okay yeah, next right. time somebody waves don't assume you're a star maybe they're trying to warn you about something yeah, yeah. but uh, oil is harder to spot in the rains uh, my advice to you is the first 3 4 days of rains just don't ride at all take ubers everywhere drive a car if you've got one because it's dry wet dry wet it's dry wet and the first or uh, the whole years of filth is coming out Dirt. of the Yep. as the water as the rain washes it once the first 4 5 heavy rains have happened the road surface has become clean, clean again up. there's quite a lot of grip right. but those first 4 5 days i hate being out there right. i've been caught in it a couple of times yeah. in the last 19 years yeah. i've never enjoyed it i've seen other people crash all around me i've never had a crash oh. uh, touch wood but yeah. i would say just avoid those 4 days yeah 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 also what do you think about uh, touring in rain is it advisable to travel alone uh traveling alone in general is not just the rains is a challenge yeah. uh, you have to figure out methods and systems that work for you i have a set of 5 8 people in the backup list who always have access to my live location when i'm touring and if i'm going to go offline into areas where there's no signal then i will usually reach as soon as i find signal and just call them back and say hey, everything is okay. okay so you do have to take precautions it's the same in the rains uh, is the risk level higher yes Yes. but should that should that stop you it's a matter of your risk appetite uh i i do long runs to the race track even during the rains mm-hmm. uh, out on the highway if you can find the right highway like bangalore pune highway is relatively empty yep you have a good time yeah if you find a really busy highway find an alternate sh- smaller road that is not so busy perhaps and go through that right right uh flooding will usually happen when you pass settlements so if your if your highway goes through a village be prepared for the middle of the village to be flooded yep, yep. but if you're going to be out on the highway by yourself you, all you have to do is w- watch the flood warnings yeah. maharashtra has large areas in this route that flood yep. are they on this highway no but are they on the goa highway the old goa highway the right. new nh66 as it's yeah. called yes yeah. so you just need to be aware of what you're getting into and be prepared to abandon and head back right. abandon could be leave the bike behind abandon could be turn around and go home wow, but yeah. that's part of your prep yeah. right uh, josh and anand my two idols they were stuck in ladakh on the year when the flash floods happened and it was not easy for them but they very quickly realized that the motorcycle was now a liability and they abandoned their motorcycles and walked to safety really yes but the next morning when it cleared they walked back to their motorcycles and retrieved them ah so it's it, we are attached to our possessions but yeah. at some point you have to realize what the emergency is and what does it require yeah. so if the house was on fire right yeah. now yeah there only like three things that i would take in my hands and run out of the building yeah 
but if i knew there was an earthquake coming in 3 days i'd probably pack my house and move to bombay or something right <laughs> yeah. it's a prep thing it's yep. a it's a mindset thing so you right. can tour in the rain but it can't be done casually yeah. you can't wake up right now and say hey let's go for a tour in the rain because you're going to get into trouble yeah, yeah but yeah. if you plan ahead have 10 days of time to yeah. get all your gear in place have all the backup plans in place where will you stay what are your alternates yeah absolutely you can ride in the rain hey there i hope you enjoyed listening to part 1 of this podcast but coming up is part 2 please make sure you have subscribed this podcast is available on google podcast apple podcast castbox savan and spotify india but primarily we are hosted on eplog.media please do check us out and let us know on what you want to hear next who do you want to see next or maybe who do you want to hear next on our channel let us know in the comments below we at talk the talk talk about automotive bikes cars motorsports and everything on two wheels please check us out and subscribe and we will be back very very soon